0: In this station. Okay, and we're back. And we want to tell you about the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet coming February the 22nd at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton. Well, this is going to be a big night. We're going to have a candidate forum of the U.S. Senate and then also of the 13th Congressional District. Uh, and that candidate forum will begin at 6 p.m. Uh, You want to get there at 5:30 for a meet and greet, and then 6 p.m. as the candidate forum begins. But the dinner program is at 7 p.m. You can register for this exciting event at our website at ohioca.org. Tickets are just $75 each, or table of ten is $700. There's also opportunity for program sponsorships are available at our website, and you can also call the Ohio Christian Alliance office at 330 887. 1922. Well, we're going to have Bernie Marino and Frank LaRose. We've extended an invitation to Matt Dolan to join us for the candidate form of the U.S. Senate race. Uh, The primary, of course, as we er mentioned earlier, is March 19th, and also the 13th congressional uh, primary. Kevin Coughlin, former state senator, and Chris Banwig, a veteran and a councilman from the city of Stowe, is also facing off in that primary on the Republican side, and that's going to comprise the candidate forum that night. And then our keynote speaker is none other than Bill Feder of the American Minute. He's going to be talking about socialism, the real history from Plato to the present. And uh, of course, I'll be there and I'll be signing copies of our new book that you just heard about, uh, For Their Honor, How the D-Day Prayer Was Added to the World War II Memorial. It's going to be a great night, a great dinner. You'll have to register at our website at ohioca.org. What we want to talk about this side of the program is about the housing crisis that we have right now. And when we say that is because young people are trying to buy homes and they're finding a great, great difficulty doing that. So the American dream is slipping away. And we're going to hold a forum in uh, March uh, after our Freedom Banquet And we're going to do it with a gentleman that's uh, holding on the line here, and I'm going to give him a proper introduction here in a minute. And we're going to talk about the history of mortgages, the subprime lending, and the current housing market. Uh, We're going to talk about what's actually happening to the ability of Americans to buy homes uh, and it to be economically possible. So we're going to discuss that here, and I want to introduce my guest. His name is Jack Boyle. He's actually an advisor of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Uh, Jack was born in Cleveland in 1949. He went to college and under, uh, received his undergraduate study at Boston College and graduated in 1967. He's worked in the banking industry for many years. He, he understands how home mortgages and mortgage finance. Uh, he had 35 years of a long career with it. And he and I have been discussing the last... Uh, five days about this topic because it popped into my mind i've been talking to some younger people about what's happening with the housing market and their concern about not being able to actually buy a home and thinking that i may never be able to buy my own home you know and so it's the same kind of argument we saw in the movie it's a wonderful life where the savings and loan where george bailey was helping people to buy their own homes when potter was trying to just uh uh put them in his rented shacks, Uh, you know, and so George and uh, his dad were trying to make it sure that working people could actually buy a home. Well, that is slipping away from us in the current uh, economic climate with inflation skyrocketing, building costs skyrocketing. In fact, ever so much so that the Ohio Senate has a select committee on housing. Uh, You know, I've been doing public policy for 20 years. and I thought, wait a second, I got an alert uh, from Columbus about the housing committee is meeting this week. I'm like, wait, housing committee? I never heard of that. Well, here to find out, the Senate has a select committee on housing because it has become a crisis in the state of Ohio. A lot of people are waiting for homes. Uh, Builders are not building homes, and uh, the banks aren't lending as easily as they were, and so it's a big problem. We're going to uh, tackle some of that in this program. And then again, I want to tell you about a forum. You want to stay tuned, because we'll be announcing a forum in Northeast Ohio that you might want to attend. Jack Boyle will be presenting, along with State Senator Andy Brenner, who himself is a real estate agent, uh, and he's been in insurance and real estate for years, and he is also on the committee, the housing committee. And last week, I'm told, at the Cleveland Foundation, they had a nine-and-a-half-hour meeting meeting. Of experts and uh, individuals that came in to testify before the committee addressing uh, what are some of the problems with the heis- housing crisis currently. Well, w- welcome with me, my good friend, Jack Boyle. Jack, welcome to the program.
1: Well, thank you, Chris, very much. Thank you very much. I uh, always enjoy speaking with you, and I'm very, very interested in uh, uh, this topic, which I spent most of my career working in.
0: So, Well, that's right. And, you know, You and I have talked about uh, financial issues. Uh, You know, that's not my strong point. Uh, So I'll I'll go to advisors and people that know more than I do. And I like our conversations that we have. And I start asking questions about the housing market and basically the history of the uh, mortgage, uh, uh, you know, uh, market and how that all started, uh, you know, in, in the last number of decades, how people were able to acquire homes. Uh, you know, I had, my parents went through the Great Depression, um, and you know, lot, lots of difficulty there. And coming out of it in the war years, and then when uh, the soldiers were returning from World War II, there was a large housing boom because here comes these men; they're coming home to make families, and there wasn't a lot of homes for them. And so that's when a lot of homes were built at that time. And uh, if you look at Greater Detroit and Cleveland and the, the neighborhoods up there, and of course in Akron. Um, there there was an initiative for home building and of course that was decades ago. But uh the housing mortgage um industry has gone through quite a metamorphosis over the years and in fact some of times my wife and I will take a little drive around and we'll see some of these monstrosity of houses and I'm like, what in the world's going on here? And then we realized oh, it was the banking industry lent more money to people so well you're entitled to this much and it was in collusion almost with builders who said we'd like to build bigger homes and we could all make money the banks will make money the builders will make money and then uh, you know people would think wow we could have a really grand home i look at some of the homes that they built over the last 15 years 20 years these were what we would consider mansions on merriman drive in akron and other places back in the past and now that's commonplace it was uh, when there was this housing boom and then people were told that they could borrow this much money and the banks were willing to do it again, they were making money on it. The builders were making money and uh, people were buying these monstrosity of homes. Uh, you could only live in a few rooms, actually, to be honest with you, but, uh, you know, six bedrooms and five baths and it's like what in the world? You know, it's like my wife and I raised eight children. I don't even want to tell you how many baths we had and how we did it. But, the, you know, of course they all went out there, and they're doing quite well as adults, and they don't need any help from us, thank the Lord. Uh, They're all very hard workers, but, um, you know, it's just, it just sometimes seemed a little much. I mean, I'm always grand for people to do well and all that, but, and I actually was a painting contractor way back in the day when I was starting out in ministry, and uh, so I worked in some of these people's homes, and, you know, it's funny, we were doing remodeling, and it's like, there was only a couple of people that were living in the home. And it's just like, wow, it seemed like a waste of space, but, you know, what, whatever, uh, to each his own, I guess. But all that to say, Jack, take us through going back to the 1940s, maybe, where this all started. What was the standardized process of an individual or a couple getting a home back then, meaning how much did they need for a down payment, and what was the process about applying for a loan? okay
1: Well, i'm i'm actually going to go back even a little bit further and uh when uh, uh you know at the uh, the early part of the of the 20th century um you know the housing market was not what we are familiar with whether it's the mini mansions or the the uh cape cod homes that were built after world war 2 or the you know everything in between and uh mortgage financing was was very um uh, non-standard, let's put it that way. It kind of depended on where you lived and what the financial institution was like. If you were fortunate enough to have uh, a company run by people like George Bailey uh, who were committed to their communities and, and uh, you know, you, you found a, a lender who, you know, had the skill and the resources and the smarts to, you know, to help people. Uh, on the other hand, there were... Um, You know, lenders that weren't interested in that. They were interested in making loans to farmers or making loans to businesses or making loans to, and they really didn't do it. So you had, you know, typically you had to put uh, 50% down uh, or or more and uh, be the banker's brother in law to get the loan. And then uh, um, the loans were not loans like we recognize them, you know, a 30 year loan where you pay principal and interest. Uh, Generally, they were interest-only, and they were balloon loans. At the end of three years, you had to pay them off. And, uh, you know, you would have to refinance them. You would have to, you know, do whatever. Now, houses were a lot less expensive then. So, you know, it's sort of like once upon a time, you could pay your way through college, too. You you know, not really anymore. Same thing with the housing market. But um, when the Depression hit, you know, we had a general banking collapse in the country and the um the the banking regulators the power <clears throat> to be and again which were not as organized basically required banks to call all their loans in and so you had a mortgage you suddenly were getting foreclosed on okay the trouble was there was nobody to buy the loans, uh, or nobody to buy the homes. you know everyone was in the same boat and so uh, in 1934 the uh, as part of the,
0: you know Roosevelt. And of course, uh, that plays out. By the way, in the movie, it's a wonderful life. Right when there's a run on absolutely. the bank, and the state absolutely. of the loan. It actually tells this story. Absolutely,
1: right, right. But in 1934, the the Congress uh, created the Federal Housing Administration, and what the Federal Housing Administration did was basically guarantee that the bank would get paid if the borrower couldn't make the payment. OK, that was essentially the, the old FHA loans, the first loans, And so lenders were able again to, you know, to make make loans. Now, these were still not the loans that we would recognize now. Um, but uh, that sort of got the market going again. The, the problem was. The so so an example
0: in the 1960s, I saw one figure where the average home was around thirty five hundred dollars. Is that correct?
1: That seems a little low for 1960, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say no. I mean, I bought my first house for, for $15,000. I have to think about when that was. It was. And that was actually probably in the early 70s. So maybe it, maybe it is right, you know, now that I think about it. Um, but um, in any case, in, uh, I think it was 1936, they formed uh, Ginny, or, uh, Fannie Mae, which is the Federal National Mortgage Association, And Fannie Mae's job was to create what's called a secondary market for the mortgages. So if you would go to your local savings loan, uh, who didn't really, you know, who had enough money to make a few loans, but not a whole lot of them, you know, they would be able to sell their loans to Fannie Mae uh, and get, you know, the, and normally back then it was a participation, they would sell 90% of the loan to Fannie Mae retain 10 percent the bank would but they'd get the 90 percent back to go and make another loan okay and that was the very rudimentary start of what was called the secondary market now we got through the depression no thanks to the federal government or the federal reserve who really caused it in my opinion but that's a different show okay so um and uh you know we got into the war everything was involved in world war Two. you know in the war effort again as you say when uh, when the war was over and the soldiers came home, all of a sudden there was this huge you know, explosion of family formation and the housing stock wasn't there, and they created uh, what was called the VA loan, the GI Bill of Rights. And that was uh, – you could get a loan with a, do- a veteran with $1 down, and uh, the interest rate was, was pegged, it was set by the uh, – uh, I probably by the FHA. Now that I think about it, I would have to go back by, by yeah, by the FHA, and um that loan would be a thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage. Where you know you if you paid your payment for thirty years, at the end of thirty years, you know the loan was paid off, and you know there was no balloon mortgages. The interest rate couldn't change. You know everything, and even one of the best things as those of us who got into the mortgage market, those loans were assumable, which meant if uh, you know you. Bought the house, you lived there for ten years. Then you were, you know, moving somewhere else or getting a bigger home. Someone could buy your house and take over the payments, and uh, you know, the, nothing changed. It was all very smooth and easy. Um, during um, you know that period of time, the uh, th- there were really two kinds of of mortgage lenders. Um, one were the savings and loans, which operated much like you know the it's a wonderful life model that you see uh the other were banks and and mortgage bankers and mortgage bankers were companies that and there's still you know there's still lots of mortgage bankers around today where they would make the loan, but then they would sell it and uh sometimes you would continue to pay them sometimes they'd sell the servicing so you you made a loan to or you got a loan from a b c mortgage you closed on the house then a month later you got a loan thing you know starting. The beginning of next month, make your payment to this other bank. You know, which that was very normal, and people people did that, and uh, uh, and frankly, that was a big part of creating what we sometimes refer to as the American dream. You know, the housing boom and the economic boom from the fifties and sixties. A lot of it was fueled by you know people forming uh, families buying houses buying the you know the furniture and the appliances and you know all of those kinds of things and one of the um, uh, benefits of this was that mortgage lending was standardized and what that means is that if you went to buy a house in Akron or in Pensacola Florida or Butte Montana or Boston Massachusetts, the rules were the same. The same. The down payment was the same. The way they considered your income was the same. The way they considered your credit was the same, which had never been the case before. Before it was always the banker. Well, I, you know, I didn't have uh, very much luck with the people from the other side of the track where you live. I'm not too good about, you know, making you a loan, okay? And there's, I mean, there, there's all kinds of permutations of what that was about, but. The the mortgage lending, you know, in the fifties and sixties, with the with the VA and FHA loans, and then the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans, standardized the industry so that you know, again, you you knew um, pretty much based on your income and your, your credits and your you know your assets and that kind of thing, how much you could afford to pay. And builders knew it, realtors knew it. Everybody, you know, the market was you know was very efficient and. The, again, the problem was getting the money. Uh, you know, the savings and loan industry had basically operated using their depositors' money. But as you saw, you know, in the movie, that was not a very efficient way to do it. And uh, um, so something called the secondary market developed. And what the secondary market did was, again, as I say, the local lender would make the loan, but then in, in some way or other, they would, you know, sell the loan uh, to Fannie Mae and then a second uh, agency. Fannie Mae was the Federal loan Association, which basically dealt with banks and mortgage bankers. And in 1959, the savings and loan industry created Freddie Mac, the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, to deal with savings and loans mortgage lending so that they could access the secondary market and not be just dependent. Upon their own depositors funds, and again, that became very a very efficient way of um, you know of, of raising money and, and providing housing for you know families and family growth and the building of communities and uh, uh, you know it kind of it, it worked really well until all of a sudden it didn't work really well anymore and yeah uh, uh, you know, and again, you know my take on that is. Uh, you know the government's really great and does a really great job until they overdo it and then they they ruin it. And you know I think you can look, you can go back and look at you know developments in um um in the mortgage business as a very good example of that. And one of the one of the symptoms of that as we got into the 90s. Um, was the development of what was called subprime lending.
0: All right, before you head there, our- I want to just go over yeah, a couple okay. points. I want to correct myself right. that sure. the um, housing cost in 1940 was about $3,000. In 1960, it was about $11,900, okay? But today, and again, this, these are January 10, 2024, average housing price, 363000 according to inflation adjusted terms, so that's the d q y d j what does that represent uh medium price of existing home d q y d j this is quoted in the um uh real estate uh publication but you know i have to think of what
1: that acronym means but
0: essentially it's the median house you know price of a
1: um uh of you know if you take all the houses and you know that three hundred and whatever is the middle one so, so half of the price, you know, half the sales were below that, half of the sales were above it.
0: That's right. Uh, so we're talking with Jack Boyle. we're talking about housing mortgages, the history of it, subprime lending. We're about to get into that. We're running out of time here a little bit, Jack. I'm going to have to back, have you back on, but of course, all of this will be at the forum that we're going to present. you'll be presenting also Senator Andy Brenner will be giving us an update from the Housing Committee, which by the way, meets again tomorrow at the Ohio Senate after session, Uh, session is scheduled for 1.30. So look around uh, 2.30, 3 o'clock, and it may be available online. We may have that link on our website at OhioCA.org. People might want to listen in on that that, because this has become a real problem because what you've got is you've got Intel coming in, a large corporation in central Ohio that's going to be doing the chip industry, And lots of related industry building around that. Big get for Ohio. But there's no place to house these people, Jack. Uh, Right now, you can't buy a home in Columbus or the greater area. And if you can't, it's an astronomical price. Builders aren't building. That's why the Ohio Senate is having this select committee. But the problem is statewide. It's actually nationwide. As you're indicating, the industry currently is broken. The printing of money in Washington and I'd like you to touch on that, because we'll have to get to the subprime lending next time. But tell us about the inflationary dollars and how that's really just crippling the whole process.
1: Well, that's exactly the pr- problem. And that is a problem uh, right now. And, uh, you know, it's been exacerbated as out of the government activity in COVID. But it's a problem, and it really has been a problem since 1971, when the, the uh Nixon administration cut the last tenuous cord of the dollar to the gold standard, and and again, that's a whole different story. But just right now, uh, kind of what we're dealing with is we, you know, we all know COVID hit. They shut everything down. So then they gave people money, uh, you know, to stay home because they couldn't work. Well, uh, they they printed just trillions of dollars of money. We went from seventeen trillion in deficit in, like, 2016 to $34 trillion now, okay? And the individuals who got the money, you know, some of them saved it, some of them went on vacation. You know, a lot of them stayed home and uh, played video games and bought pot, okay? But the businesses also got the money, and there was literally nothing to invest in. And many large Wall Street firms created funds and started buying up homes, and the the you know the supply of homes that should be out and around there are literally tens of thousands of homes that are owned in these big funds. That you, you know I can't compete with trying to with uh, BlackRock and trying to you know bid on that house, and neither can you. No, and, and certainly the first time homebuyer can't either.
0: So. Well, the- This has to be addressed. Uh, I'm glad to hear that they have select committees at the Ohio State House. We're going to be on this. Jack, we're going to have you at this forum. I'm I'm looking forward to it. We've only just touched upon it. We've run out of time today. Um, But listen, folks, we're going to be tracking this thing because young people are concerned as they ought to be. And they can't buy a home, and that's not right. The American dream is slipping away and we're going to have to get to the bottom of this. Jack, thanks for being my guest today.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you. If you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at a website at ohioca.org. You have been listening to News and Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is brought to you by the Ohio Christian Alliance.